Hey, kept you waiting, huh? It's been a while since I've done an intro. Anyways, Tess was mutilating a body trying to remind us what the hell we're all fighting for, getting played like a damn fiddle by the Weaver's Guild. But now the Weaver's Guild has changed. It's no longer about Voth, his ideologies, or what he employs. Not anymore. Besides, warehouse deeds provide no tactical advantage whatsoever in our actual goal. From now on, this is a sneaking mission. To infiltrate the Black Tower, and it's about finding a missed talisman to help us surpass Baron Midas and destroy him. What a thrill. The code name for this virtuous mission is this. Episode 72, Metal Gear Stiletto. an elephant for 200 gold <laughs> like Wait, in D, right yes well okay. i mean i i haven't checked but probably just D. okay all right and and a war horse is 400 so you could buy two elephants for the price of a war horse how much money i'm just saying an army of elephants coming down the street right towards the freaking black tower in darkon like just before you get too carried away i feel like we have to talk about the important uh supply issue i I don't i don't follow the war horse in the room oh right there probably aren't (laughs) many war horses left (laughs) right yeah so we have no way of like gauging yeah Mm -hmm. that's the only problem with this plant maybe odo hubs has some um if there's anything i remember from our last campaign or the campaign previous to last is that deer do a great job as well (laughs) i'm sorry correction elk (laughs) They all taste the same <laughs> when you jerky them up. You know, it is funny you should mention that because I think it's like my first giant mistake as a DM was uh, this was actually a little before all you guys came into the picture. Ooh, backstory. Uh, Ooh, Lord Dump on Justin. A long, long time ago in my early days of DMing, really my first little campaign I ever ran we kind of ran into the same issue. We're all like reading the PHB, the player's handbook, and we're like, hey, wait a minute. An elephant costs 200 <laughs> gold. And everyone like pulled their starting gold together and was like, we can afford an elephant. An elephant. <laughs> and so we definitely started level one with an elephant. <laughs> And it destroyed <laughs> everything. <laughs> it completely ruined the campaign. Just this amazing, though, because that's all the starting gold. You start with nothing. So a bunch of adventurers in their skiffies on top of an elephant drunk <laughs> off their asses. The elephant ruled everything. Well, I've got an army of goblins. Well, we have an elephant. <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck it, everything in this direction. It was absolutely goblins that they fought first, too. No joke. And those goblins got wrecked. They got wrecked. Fuck your pack tactics. <laughs> Just the stories in that town that they would have been around must have been amazing. Oh, that elephant... I couldn't legitimately kill that elephant till like level four. It was insane. <laughs> it, well, do you remember its name? It must have had a name. Its name was Big Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> All right, we've tried diplomacy. Now you need to talk to Big Rick. <laughs> Wait, who's bigger? <laughs> exactly. Side of the wall caves in. That's exactly how every encounter went, both <laughs> battle and social. They just all went like that. All of it. Big Rick casts persuasion. <laughs> just, oh, it was a mess. But it's like only Big Rick would get the EXP for doing all the damage. Yeah, it was like a level fourteen elephant by well, the end look, of this. Like I said, it was it was my early days, and that that is the flaw that I didn't realize I should have been enforcing for sure. No, well, that elephant wrecks some oh, shit. Man, I want that. I want that so bad for this. You start on a boat called the Blue Dolphin. 
<laughs> it's still it's listing heavily to one side because Big Rick is just chilling. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Big Rick is like the most doofy name for it too. I love it. You guys have any like stories about horribly broken campaign things? Uh, not a, uh, an animal related, but equally bad situation so this was when i was way back when i was playing second edition when like very very new and um my buddy who introduced me to it and it was his uncle was uh running it he was being a bit of a dick and you know during the flavor text of the room it's like he, he starts going and goes do i see a duck and it's like no no you don't see a duck it's like no no really do i see a duck and then he like shut him up kind of thing. It's like, no, you don't see any ducks. And then I go, do I see a duck? And then he just goes, you know what? You were going to get treasure. You were going to get treasure, but no. Instead, stupidity brings you a duck. There's a duck that has a little placard on it that, that says stupidity brings you a duck. And we, <laughs> we love that duck. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best treasure you got in the whole campaign. How long did the duck stick around? Oh, it, it didn't last any more rooms. It was, it was dinner. Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man should have thrown it into the next room remember that old classic <laughs> trap like you remember the old bag of rats trick where you just like i've heard tales of adventurers who they at level one will collect a bunch of live rats oh put them in a bag <laughs> just and, shake it up yeah essentially just kind of well no just every time they open a new door you throw the rats inside the room, close the door, <laughs> give it like 30 seconds or so, open the door back up, and hopefully the traps have all been triggered by these rats. Yeah, like that's that's the kind of abusive system that borderlines like, are you guys familiar with the peasant railgun? Yeah, peasant railgun. Like gun. that's that's a mixture of, of bastardizing physics and, you know, D&D rules in a very specific way. Which, don't get me wrong, the idea of, of I think, what was it, 2,260 peasants, you take, you put them all on a line, you make sure they're in combat, you get a ladder, you break it apart so that way you have a 10-foot pole, and what you do is the peasant at one end has this 10-foot this pole, and he hands it to the next guy, and every single peasant has the readied action to, you know, pass the the... the ladder to the next peasant and because a round of combat only takes six seconds and 2260 peasants <laughs> equates to a mile the <laughs> therefore the 10 foot pole is traveling at approximately Mach 1.3 <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so <laughs> the bludgeoning damage for what, what was it? I, I can't remember what the calculation was, but it's like if we figure your average arrow is traveling at like like I don't know like fifty kilometers an hour, and you're going Mach one point three, and every like fifty kilometers an hour is one d six, it ends up doing like some ridiculous damage, just thousands of damage. I'm yep. just imagining Azalyn Rex like at the very end of the campaign, we've uh, we finally like discovered where he's creating all of his horrid plan machinations from. All right, there's nothing these people can do to stop. Wait. Why is there a single file line <laughs> of every NPC the players have ever met walking towards my doorstep? What are they holding? Just just like ten like a bag of ten foot poles, just like, okay, go, go, go. One point three, is that what you said? Mach one point three. Mach one point three. Somebody did the Insane. math. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> But then it's like, it, it, again, you kind of have to really break the rules for it because it's like you have to use very specific rules and you have to do them as in, as written, not as intended. Because then it's like you could also arguably do the same thing. Like what's stopping a necromancer from raising a bunch of skeletons? And then it's like instead of, you know, casting sending or something or whatever, you just whisper it into the skeleton's ear. And because it takes six seconds to do a round of combat, and it's like, boom, six seconds, you know, across the corner <laughs> right, yeah. with my skeleton's. There's a lot <laughs> a of skeleton phone line. There's a lot of weird stuff like that. I've definitely seen people do the math on how to get like a single arrow shot to do like tens of thousands of damage. And there's a lot of oh, yeah. 
A lot of weird little loopholes. The classic pun pun where at like level seven you have infinite stats mm-hmm. as a kobold druid or something. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, don't even think about it, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> see that contemplative look you're yeah, getting? I see hey, you. I'd be hard-pressed to play a druid, I to be honest. I see you <laughs> scratching your chin. I swear to God, we'll launch a peasant railgun at no. you. <laughs> I, I think the fall damage, I did, like, the math's not perfect. It was in my head, but I'm pretty sure, like, the D&D fall damage, I think you would hit effectively terminal velocity in about six seconds, and that's about the 500 feet you do in a turn, so... That's at least pretty close to real life. I'm not exactly sure on all of the numbers, you know, right now, but is that how at least that's pretty out? close. I know that the max fall damage is like 20, 20 D6, I think. That's the max. 20 D6 Caps. is the max. And you fall at 500 feet uh, for uh, every six seconds, but it does, it would take about six seconds to get to that terminal velocity. Hmm. So if that's, that's the most you're falling every round then uh, it's pretty close. Well, that's interesting, too. How tall is that tower? <laughs> <laughs> Five stories there, Mr. David Wells. Is that uh, our cue to start playing D&D then, maybe? I think so. Yeah. We got, we got to surveil this place and figure out if it is five stories or not. I was thinking See surveillance. It's taller than an elephant. <laughs> is it taller than an elephant? <laughs> David just doesn't want me doing math. <laughs> is it smaller than a bread box? Ooh. Probably. Well, let's play some D&D, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys left off in the little secret room underneath the Cosmopolis Club, the little room that Jasper Leafwood led you down through the cellar, did that awesome thing where he like pulled a bottle and the cellar, one of the shelves opened right up like a door and you guys are chilling inside of there, spending the night in there. Heck yeah. Rolled for the bag man. He didn't show up, which just further is establishes the fact that he doesn't exist and Lustra is being a big drama queen every single night. Yeah. No, it's... And it doesn't exist. Nope. No uh, proof. I, I, one of these days, one of these days... <laughs> You're going to fall in love with it is what's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> wouldn't oh, that be wouldn't amazing? That'd be something. Wouldn't that be something? It just pops out. It looks just like a flying whore and you're like... <gasps> at this point you need to like roll a 99 or higher to not fall in love with something that looks like that oh cripes sometimes when we touch the damage is too much (laughs) that's beautiful you're welcome (laughs) but you guys get through a long rest oh yay woohoo so feel free to re-up all your health points, you get half of your hit dice back, spell slots, all that fun stuff. Lustra, your curse is broken, so you don't have to do that thing where we take a point of strength away from you. That's fun. I mean, we still could for old time's sake. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to affect my, my modifier. <laughs> it does, however, uh, remind me of the fact that Van Richten has already tried and failed once, you know, you know, yesterday morning to kind of readjust his spell list. He's rolling Arcana checks to try to adjust his spell book list or his spell list because uh, he just can't stop thinking about that nightmare that he keeps having. You know, at this point, it's like a waking nightmare. It's just always right there in his thoughts. Mm. So I guess we'll start off with seeing if he can get greater restoration. Uh, up to you guys, of course. Would you like me to try to <laughs> commit greater restoration to my memory for the day? Sir, I think that would be of most use. Are there any other spells you think I should attempt to switch over to? Uh, anything with radiant damage would be fantastic, sir. I've got one thing that kind of doesn't... I wouldn't want to rely upon. And, uh, unfortunately, I'm stuck with what spells I get. Thanks, Divine Bloodline. You can remember, and she mumbles in the corner. <laughs> so perhaps I could take a, 
a guiding bolt or something along mm. those lines. Mm. Commit that to memory. Was there something to create holy water that was mentioned? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I believe that was the ceremony. Ceremony, but that takes powdered silver and uh, resources we wouldn't have now. Clink, clink. We have like 8,000 silver pieces. <laughs> it does take time, and then, I don't know, it's the cost-benefit of tossing... It would let other people, probably the more dexterous one who can throw things, uh, she looks at Tess, able to hit a vampire, but... Well, I'm just saying, if we have, if we give everyone a little bit of a possibility, then we're not just relying on one person that he immediately tears the throat out of, and then we're screwed. I just figure, uh, plug as many holes as we can. Takes an hour to make one. Well, you're going on a trip. To do some recon, aren't we, you? We're just surveilling for the day, I would imagine, anyhow. I certainly don't see the harm in trying. <laughs> I would agree. So, guiding, uh, excuse me, guiding bolt, ceremony, and greater, greater restoration. restoration. Spirit guardians. <laughs> and spirit guardians. That's what I'd take. And circle of death. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. My goodness, let's start with Guiding Bolt, then. Let's see if I can commit that one to memory. So Lash will clasp him on the shoulder and just, I believe in you, sir. Ooh, Bardic Inspo. Yeah. Do you think I should use it on this Guiding Bolt, or perhaps wait for the Greater Restoration? Which spell do you consider the most important? Greater Restoration would be the most important and prudent, I would Very think. well. In that case, I have failed horribly <laughs> on Guiding Bolt. Let us try Ceremony. I believe in you, too. He does manage to commit Ceremony mm. to memory mm. for the day. Cecil Ash, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to roll again for Spirit Guardians. Nat 1 there. Mm. That one fails. But then he's going to roll to try to get greater resto with Bardic Inspo, right? Mm -hmm. D8, is mm -hmm. that right? <laughs> oh, thank you, Bardic Inspo. Bardic Inspo brings him exactly to the number he uh, needed. Yes. To commit greater resto to memory. So a resource well spent there. I would say. He hit the magic number, which means... Van Richten can now do greater restoration and ceremony, or at least can try to cast them. He's still making arcana checks to try to pull it off, but has them on his list. Heck yes. So that. do we want to fix a madness right now or fix a curse or fix anything right now? Now that he's got ceremony, uh, Lenara trying to lighten the mood for how terrible a day it's going to be. She just looks at Salash, looks at Tess. Thinks about all their fighting, and it's like, you two can get married whenever you want now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be perfectly legal in the eyes of the gods. Slash, <laughs> <laughs> like, like very awkwardly pulls out Peter's vows. <laughs> um, uh, Linara, Linara, excuse me. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, could you hold this for me? And she holds out a dart. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Oh, shoot. What a shame. Oh, man. Dark goes, like, winging into the wall beside your head. <laughs> Are we trying greater restoration before moving out of here? I mean, I don't think we want Lustra trying to snuggle with anything that we're going to fight today. Flying horrors are cute. What? <laughs> I don't want that madness to go away, though. I love it so much. I actually, as a player, love I know, it, too. I can tell you've got a grown to love it, too. Can, See, we, but, can but, we, like, give Van Richten a plus one if we just have the caveat of it never goes away for Flying Horrors? Eh? <laughs> eh? We'll see what happens next time we encounter a Flying Horror. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but, but the other caveat as well is if he stops loving everything, he's going to suddenly realize he's called us all Venari. Mm, there's that, too. Well, that's going to be rather awkward. <laughs> but at least he won't die hugging a vampire. Well, what's really worth it, right? Like six uh, in one hand, half dozen in the other, I suppose. So is is that what we're supposedly fixing? There's nothing wrong with me though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There are many things wrong with you, Lustra. 
I hope to fix. We hope to fix that. <laughs> so what are we doing? Do it. Do it up. Yep. Do it. Bardic inspo as well, because we got to get this you fixed. You blowing another bardic inspo? blowing another one. This needs yeah. to get fixed. Okay. I mean, we, we lose, like, diamond dust as well if he tries it and it Exactly. Fails. So, so, yeah, this absolutely is going blowing another to cost the, what is it, 100 gold, I think, of diamond dust? Yes. Regardless of pass or fail. So whoever is tracking that, just go ahead and cross 100 out. All right. We're good. We're fine. We're great. Van Richten walks over to Lustra and starts reciting the verbal components, starts sprinkling those 100 gold worth of diamond dust particles all over you, starts making those somatic gestures. Complicated spell, mm. Greater Resto. The bardic inspiration is just like, love stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to make this arcana roll. Let's see if the Lustra love goes away. I really hope it doesn't. Come on. Fall out of love with everything. I feel like this would be the point in the movie like where we do like a montage of all the times that Lustra <laughs> has loved all the monsters in the past. Just I'm pretty sure it's only happened to Flying Horrors. I think it has. I think you're <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's like both times we fought those, it triggered. It's just a scene of you and a flying horror like dancing in a field of flowers. <laughs> I'm getting hugged while also getting disemboweled at the same time. <laughs> That's a beautiful little montage. It's basically like owning a cat. <laughs> it's gone. Hey! It's gone. It's healed. After Bar at Bardic Inspo actually made the difference again, though. Bardic <sighs> Inspo brought him to five over the number he needed. That is good. Heck yeah. Fuck wow. yeah. Lustra no longer randomly loves stuff. And yeah, I like to think that it immediately hits you that you've been really, really open <laughs> and accepting towards everybody you've <laughs> encountered this entire campaign, essentially. You're calling everybody Venari. Yeah, Amelia Venari. I, I, I don't mean to, to DM for you, but is that is that almost too stressful for oh, Lustra? Oh, man. Don't ever apologize for that kind of interruption, Miles. Let's throw yeah. a point of stress yeah. on the Lustra. I love yeah. it. But how's Lustra reacted to these feelings essentially going back to normal? Uh, I would imagine Lustra was kind of in denial. Of, like, there's nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? And then Van Richten, then like the diamond dust, you know, flutters in front of his eyes. And then his eyes refocus. And he's like, Kind of like he, it's almost like waking up from a night of like binge drinking <laughs> and you're trying to remember what you did and then you remembered <laughs> what you did. And it's kind of like that realization of like, oh no. <laughs> the world is no longer, you know, bright colors. The vibrancy of colors fades away. Everything's, you know, sort of like a monochromatic, you know, gray dreariness <laughs> now. Oh no. What's, what's the matter, Luster? Did the spell not work? Uh, it did. Well, that's good. I'm I'm so glad to hear that. It's I'm a bit embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's fine. Is it because you're still wearing the ear? No. Are you okay? Let's just focus on the purpose of getting to the tower. He's got all right. It'll Ish. it'll take a minute to readjust. Ther uh, therapy later. Grab a bottle on the way out. That might help. It's okay, but if there's anything you need, we're all Venari here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lucifer throws that dart you threw in the wall. <laughs> I mean, we were about to die in that bloody asylum, so that makes sense. I mean, I remember everything, so it's like I'm justified in, in calling you all of that. I've just been very accepting and i forgive forgive me if i happen to be a bit more combative with all of you going forward <laughs> sorry I'm but i'm gonna be a dick from this point on <laughs> yeah so forgive me lustra no you, i don't love you anymore there's a there's a chance i won't <laughs> <laughs> you were enamored with all of us but you still weren't enamored with your own father how do you I mean, feel about Lamin now all the same eyes as I always have. <laughs> Slash, like, like eyebrow up like the rock. Like, just like, hmm? <laughs> There's no madness like family. <laughs> <laughs>
we can still count on you, though, to have your bow, your rapier. Yeah, of course. He won't hey. tie us down. <laughs> like, look really close at Slash. Slash sort of shudders for a moment. Sick burn. Hey. We all have our own skills and purposes and tasks and things that we're good at. We just need to focus on that. And I will happen to keep you guys more accountable, that's all. Instead of keeping my mouth shut like I always have. Plus, not everything's fixed. He still looks like shit, so <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah. There's that. <laughs> Really, the greater still didn't fix that? No. No, I assumed you wanted the love thing fixed. I didn't even know it was there, but I guess <laughs> I did. So thanks. <laughs> Perhaps we can try again tomorrow to get rid of your strength drain. Yeah, I am looking still a bit sallow, aren't I? Very much so. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. Oh, and that was sincere now. <laughs> All right. Let's roll. Roll to where? What's the plan? Above the table, what's the plan? The whatever district the Black Tower is in. The South District. South District, perfect. Are we just sending Lenara to investigate, or shall we all go? What's the plan here? Let's try and find a tavern or someplace uh, everybody can hold up nearby, so I have a place to run to on the off chance trouble brews. Uh, Do so. we need to take buy, stop by the market and uh, buy anything that's that b- might be worth having inside of the tower? You know, things to help us open doors or force our way through doors or things to check for traps or to climb walls like rope, you know, things like that. I mean, a tavern might be a conspicuous place for Venerkin to perform a ceremony to create holy water. We could always try the tried and true flop house. Is that close to the Black Tower, or is there somewhere cute and quaint that... Uh, uh, it's close enough to, like, you know, walk or run to in a couple of minutes, but not close enough that if shit hit the fan, you could help Lenara. You know what I mean? Like, if mm. Len- if the plan is Lenara going in by herself and you want to be able to help, assuming I say roll initiative, <laughs> then Yawning Eddie's is very far away. If if you look at it that way, there might be something closer to the Black Tower uh, in the South District. We haven't really explored that district, so yeah, fair. I feel like we have no choice but to look around and figure figure out what's going on. Because I doubt. Well, who knows? Maybe there is a pub across the street from the clinic, quote unquote. <laughs> well, then I say all of us just kind of go together. I mean, if we're gonna get spotted, we're gonna get spotted regardless. Just stay outside of the main drag towards the tower yeah keep yeah keep a wide berth from the tower but just kind of explore things that are not the tower in the south district to see where a good staging place would be to assail the tower make sense all right yeah and the tentative plan is to go at cover of darkness potentially potentially okay cool. i I wouldn't say exactly yeah under the cover of darkness Probably, you know, shift change, night crew. So off to the uh, South District then. Yeah. Yeah. First time Um, in there now that, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, first time heading out that way for you folks. Um, Just a side note, for the four hours, Tess wasn't asleep while everyone else was. She would like to have um, just taken some time to, uh, she's basically torn an arm off of Simon's uh, shirt that she was wearing at the start, and she's fashioned it into sort of a um, a, a sort of a mask that goes up to around her nose and underneath her eyes with just uh, a bit of a, with a bit of like red thread um, like sewn around the edges into the uh, effigy of a broken crown. We finally know what the red thread was for. <laughs> <laughs> very nice because as much as all y'all want to go around throwing your faces everywhere Tess doesn't want to at least not this time that kind of makes sense I might go homeless Palpatine again then <laughs> <laughs> get some big old robes on Lustra mm-hmm. face mask on Tess and we're off to the South District yeah. Yeah. yeah again the first thing you see 
before you see any other buildings of the South District, is that tall black tower that just stands out no matter where you are in Martira Bay. It's only five stories, but still the tallest building here. As you know already, everything else in Martira Bay is like these one- and two-story buildings all crammed together. So the tower really sticks out like a sore thumb. Once you're a little closer, though, you see the squat shape of that tower rising from the tightly packed buildings that flank it, giving it almost the impression of being like a lighthouse on a rocky coast. Resting atop the dark black stones of the tower is like a golden hemisphere that shimmers almost as if it's radiating its own light. So there's like a big gold dome at the very tip of the tower. The information you've gotten so far is confirmed. The only obvious means of entering this tower if you don't count the iron-barred window on the second floor, are these massive oak doors that stand at street level. You can see they've got some big old metal knockers. (laughs) 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 For fuck's sake. (laughs) Oh, why'd I have to lose my madness now? (laughs) Oh, it's getting right back. You can see there's a bronze sign that is set into one of the doors, but... You're way too far away to read what it says. And sure enough, there is a random inn slash tavern not too, too far away. It's less than a block. It's like across the street and maybe three, four buildings down. Uh, The sign outside of it says the Shattered Barrel. It's a two-story building, kind of half-timbered. It's got a little small fenced garden on the outside. Uh, So there is an inn-slash-tavern very close by. There's not many people hanging out in the South District. It's pretty quiet. You think that's maybe a little weird, especially considering the time of day. Uh, I'm assuming you guys headed out first thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. more or less, yeah. So what's the plan? As a reminder, uh, the South District, aside from having the Black Tower be the centerpiece of the entire district, what kind of district is this? Like, we know, like, the West District was, like, slums. We know the North District was warehouses. We had the Merchants District. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of vibe are we getting out of this district? Is this Give me like, a perception. Do a vibe check. <laughs> yeah, vibe check. Uh, ooh, Natty 20. So that gives me a 21. It's... The kind of district no one goes to. Unfortunately, you see a lot of Martira Bay's homeless population on street corners here. The roads are like dirty and unswept kind of thing. There's some dung on the side of the streets that hasn't been swept up by the dung sweepers. French old swapping grounds. Every direction you look really gives you the impression of this being a district that most people just don't fuck with. This is the wrong side of the tracks. It's the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. But right now I'd say you guys are a couple hundred yards away from any of the things I've specifically described so far. So what's the plan? I'd say we get a staging grounds and then send Lenara to do her thing. Sounds good to me. Yep. To the shattered barrel, I suppose. To the shattered barrel, huh? Mm-hmm. You all walk right into this establishment. It's exceptionally clean inside the shattered barrel. It's well lit by a few torches. There's like an open balcony up top. You can see the doors to four rooms are up there. So you assume they have four rooms to rent out if you're interested. And you are met by a human gentleman. His hair is black and, like, slicked back. It's early enough in the day that there's really no one in here, aside from, like, there's one passed-out regular who looks like he probably spent the night with his head on a dirty bar table kind of thing. Merlin? No. (laughs) It's not Merlin. Uh, But the bartender, the establishment owner, introduces himself as Sigmund, 
And so, oh, hello there, help a bit early. I wasn't expecting customers this early, but uh, have a seat at the table. I assume you want breakfast, maybe a little hair of the dog? Couldn't hurt. It's been a a long night of traveling. We were wondering if we could get a, a room or two as well. Yeah, no one rented any last night. All four available. Gold room. Sounds perfect to me. A couple of couple of rooms for us then. Two rooms should be plenty. Wonderful. I'll I'll foot that bill. Uh, two gold for you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, and Tess will, I guess, if if beggars can be choosers, I guess she'll probably want the two rooms that are sort of like on the street closer to the Black Tower. Sure, you take the rooms closest to the exit as possible. Yeah. Looster glances at the at the crew around him and looks at the barkeep, and I will take a shot of your strongest spirit. Nice. He pours you a shot of some hard dwarven alcohol. The first one's on the house. Oh. Thanks for the business. If you need anything else, let me know. Got eggs, that kind of thing. For sure, for sure. Pounds it back. <laughs> Shudders a bit. <laughs> but this guy seems, this Sigmund seems very no questions asked, just ready to let you guys take the next step. Mm-hmm. So right, what's the next the step? Place? Uh, Lenar, it seems like all eyes point to you. Excellent. Well, um, if he's keeping, does it seem like he's keeping a decent eye on the comings and goings or... I mean, you know, you just walked yeah, into a yeah. in slash tavern at like yeah. nine a.m. Yeah, he's doing that thing. Yeah, <laughs> doing the oh, I have he's to pay got attention like to a, you. No, he's no the opposite. He's just got a bar towel and has been yeah. cleaning the same glass for like five minutes and is just trying not to fall asleep. Oh man, that hurts. Oh, I feel that one. Uh, all right, perfect. I guess I'm going to. Um, when everybody was talking, she was going to try and be towards the back. That way, when she zips out, she's not going to look so conspicuous. And she goes, she will cast the sky self. And she will attempt to make the clothes that she's wearing look exactly it, it, like the cloak that she's wearing. It's a cloak that she's draped over so that there's no illusionary uh, clothes. So if anybody touches the illusion that that doesn't go through. She makes herself look a, like a poor, sneaky bagger. She casts prejudication, so the smell's a little burp, <laughs> and um, grabs a cup, and she's like, all right, I'm going to... Oh, she keeps the same proportions, too. Goes as a dude. Um, like, skinny, scrawny, like, um, slightly emaciated uh, kind of thing. And she's like, all right, I'll, uh, I'm gonna gonna go around the i'll see you in an hour <laughs> she uh, zips out wonderful when she's zipping out could i check out the rooms that we got are there any windows or exits like towards the street on these rooms basically i want to sort of like while lenara is away at the very least have my face visible from the street um, if she needs to cast a message at any point, if she's close enough, like if just so we can get like a little bit of communication, if she needs. Do you have to be able to see the target to cast a message? I don't remember. I don't think so. You point your finger towards a creature within range. Neat. Uh, the range is 120 feet, by the by. Mm. Okay. Uh, in in my in my goings on, assuming. You know, this doesn't get derailed every, you know, 10-ish minutes. She'll water near the front of the ta- tavern and do that, like, jittery old, uh, you know, jittery odd person on the street. Like, there's something in the drinking water. Uh, vampire venom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So Tess is within viewing distance through a window. And Lenara, what's your objective exactly? Uh, two objectives. Just first of all, a circle of this um, little 
courtyard or whatever the area is in front of the black tower start with that second objective see what change i can make (laughs) uh but for now just a a cursory go around see if there's any other bums see if there's any other guards patrolling that kind of thing see if the second floor window has a lock (laughs) that we could once i get closer to it that's yes exactly i'm making sure i'm not getting caught before i start investigating also fair so you make your way Say the Black Tower is about 200 feet away from the Shattered Barrel and across the street. But you make your way in that direction. Give me a perception check to start things off. Just trying to see new thing. That's a 12. A 12 is enough to notice. Now, you're at like right before. It's probably about 8.30, quarter to nine, somewhere in there in the morning. It's still pretty early. You notice there is someone outside the main doors of the Black Tower. Uh, At this point, you've already learned that it fronts as a clinic as well. Uh, But basically, the first thing you notice is that there is what appears to be a, a homeless gentleman. He's got like a sleeping bag draped over his shoulders and he's like standing outside the doors of the black tower. Almost. It looks like he's kind of in line waiting for it to open kind of thing. My God, that man thinks he's a bird. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely needs help then. There's still, you know, the door itself has those giant metal knockers and there's (laughs) a stop it column. (laughs) Do you have inspiration? Oh, Please, in this campaign, <laughs> I was going to take it away from you. Does he? Is he like pulling on the knobs to see if the doors will open? You're in the tavern. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Lenari. You can see there's a bronze sign that's set into one of the doors. You're still too far away to read it. Homeless gentleman waiting outside the doors. Top of the tower. Strange golden dome kind of thing at the very tip of the tower uh and again the tower itself think really like a lighthouse kind of crammed into a bunch of rocks right the the rocks being all the other buildings around this place so the first floor of this building is bigger than the base of the tower right like a, a traditional lighthouse would kind of have the actual house part on the side of it. Think, think yeah, like that. That's it, what's it going extends. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first floor is much bigger than the remaining floors of the tower. The tower itself. Okay. She's just going to take a moment, stare up at the uh, gold tower. Oh, shiny, I wish it was in my cup. <laughs> She'll start shaking the cup a little and like waddling towards... Um, getting close enough before she finally shakes out of her revelry um and in bring her eyes back up try and read that plaque the bronze plaque or was it mm-hmm. brown? yeah it's a bronze plaque how close are you next going to the silver knockers next to the yeah they Metal. were they were iron oh sorry colin you have inspiration yay <laughs> now you don't um <laughs> 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 I got elven eyes. Let's say 50 feet. That's pretty fair. Yeah, 50 feet away. Give me a perception check, though. That's an 18. That's pretty good. The bronze plaque on the door reads, The Fellowship Charity Clinic. Current sponsor, Baron Medus. Hours, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. And you do a quick check of the imaginary watch and realize that we're about maybe 10 minutes from open. About 10 minutes from open. Okay. She's going to... And have I caught the eye of the... The homeless fella is the only person outside. Yep. Okay. Well, then she'll, she'll start wandering a little more to the edge of the tower to try and look for that door you want to or sorry the look for the window better look at the window okay the window is 
again on the second floor, mm-hmm. you're close enough. Oh, give me one more perception check. Should not have switched dice. Nine. You can still tell, even with just a nine, that it is barred. It is on the second floor. There is at least one pane of glass behind the bars and a closed curtain. Like, it is very... And those bars are thick. Is it double-paned glass? <laughs> it's a nine. Who knows? <laughs> Triple-paned. Uh, low E366 coding. <laughs> oh, my God, no. None of us know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Not at all. Is there, uh, there's no way I could get closer to see if there was a latch or some way to On open the window? it from the Yeah. You could start climbing roofs. No, that's a little too conspicuous right now. But um, I'm going to go under the window, start fiddling with my uh, drawers and pretending that I'm going to pee and just keep keep rattling off weird uh, stuff, talking to myself. And I will try and take the eye line of what can see where I am. So, like, if we tried to break into this, how many vantage points looking at us trying to break in would there be i mean like i said the, the this place is pretty cramped so there's no less than a dozen buildings around here with windows that would absolutely be able to see are they mostly businesses offices or homes it looks like there's not a lot of businesses in this district you're assuming mostly homes but there's like very little traffic around the i mean some of them might even be just abandoned buildings. It's hard to tell without actually going in all of them, but this place is very much the wrong side of the tracks kind of feel. I haven't been shanked yet. That's a good sign. Uh, I'm going to get closer to the tavern for now, sit down with my cup in front of me, and put a few coppers in my cup and wait to see uh, who starts arriving when the clinic opens. Okay. Keep sort of an eye on the homeless guy, too, and see what happens to him. Yeah, for sure. As you're waiting, uh, you watch as a second individual kind of joins the line, joins that first homeless guy, and now there's a line. Second individual uh, walks up kind of limping, seems like his legs giving him some issues so maybe he's coming to the clinic to deal with that and eventually 9 a.m comes around and you watch from you know maybe at least a couple dozen feet away uh you watch as the door opens up slowly and on the other side of the door you see This slim, dark-haired woman, she's wearing the clean, white garbs uh, of a nurse. And she ushers the two people in line right inside the clinic and closes the door behind her. So both of them get let in. How did she react to sunlight? Like anyone else would. It hurts and it sucks. Got it. (laughs) Uh, okay. Like any normal gamer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't like the sun. 9 a.m. Okay, if it's, uh, if that's it, that's the only action that's going on. Uh, I'm going to start swatting at an imaginary fly. Uh, take a bite at it in the sky. (laughs) Uh, and then in swatting, I will cast a glance up at the inn to see if there's anything they've thought of how they're doing. They're still there and not murdered. And if they want me to check anything else, are we still there and not murdered? Yeah. You look up and see, uh, the rest of your party doing a horrible job of not being (laughs) noticed in the window. I almost feel like it's like that Scooby-Doo thing where they've got one head on top (laughs) of another. Absolutely. (laughs) But Luke's just the bottom one because he's the tallest, so it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Van Richten is just chilling in a corner trying to do ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Slash would absolutely cast message um, and ask uh, if there were 
other points to climb or to jump to that building from. So like the other buildings surrounding it. Can we climb that building? Can we enter those buildings? What buildings are those? Ever see a unicorn with two horns? <laughs> She'll get up and uh, go and investigate if there's any vantage points to either the top of the tower itself, or sorry, the, the to the window, or on top of the like little jutting out area of the house. How's she doing, Salash? She thinks that there's such a thing as a dual-horned unicorn. My god. She truly is method. <laughs> Give me one more perception. Twelve. The tower itself is, like, literally the tallest thing in Martira Bay. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing that's going to let you sure. get to the top of the tower. Like you, you, nothing is tall enough that you can just jump down and be on top of the tower. No, but, like, the... Yeah, that the little house out the front, little, so we can. Yeah, absolutely. You could. Uh, I mean, you could climb it. There's buildings across the street. They give you a pretty good vantage point of it. Uh, the bars itself, though, I mean, it's not. I mean, you know, you stop and consider the fact that this is the kind of unspoken headquarters of the Cargat. It is not a coincidence that it's very difficult to get into it's not a coincidence that there's the front door or the one barred window that would require making a shitload of noise to get through or really high strength checks or sawing away at it for like an hour that's none of those things are a coincidence yeah so yeah you could get to the top of that uh first floor section but there's no easy convenient way of doing it unnoticed kind of thing oh. especially not in the middle of the day no it, God, it's, no. it's just yeah but, you know based on what you know that this per building's purpose actually is like you're not surprised by the fact yeah. that it's going to be pretty hard to get in here they did a good job good job them uh while taking a little buzz around she's going to look for like signs of wear and tear or signs of regular maintenance of any of the homes nearby. See if one has a lot of foot traffic so that the dust is all brushed away, or one's covered in a lot of detritus. Uh, I mean, there's literally like no less than half a dozen buildings that are like literally touching the Black Tower. Like, it really is that crammed in this part of town. So, yeah, there's no less than, I'd say, probably three, four buildings that literally share almost a wall with this place. Uh, so, uh, if you're looking for, like, another means in, I guess you could check those places. Some of them look like, honestly, they're probably abandoned. Uh, you wouldn't be surprised if you walked into some of the buildings around here and just found a bunch of squatters kind of thing, you know? Like... Yeah, there's definitely buildings all over the place that fit your your desire. Any of those buildings that are touching the the Black Tower, are they like close enough to the sort of jutting out part that we could just step from a roof of that building to the top of the like jutting out section of the Black Tower? Yeah, you could jump. They're literally touching, yeah. You can get to the roof of that okay. first floor without many issues. There's a bunch of different ways you could do that. I mean, I'd say your biggest problem right now is the time of day. It's going to mm -hmm. be pretty impossible to do that unnoticed. Uh, but yeah, you, it, it's not a hard thing to accomplish. What about a sewer system? Is there a sewer around, perhaps? There's unswept dung. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, you can make an investigation check. Is yeah. That you or you're asking me to go do it? I suppose next I would time be I come ask, around. Next time you come around, I would ask you to do that. I will check for poopies. With a three, so I'm just there giggling. <laughs> poopies. <laughs> <laughs> I get really into the character and I get super distracted. Oh, Justin laughs when you say poopies, but I say knockers, I get minus advantage. Metal knockers. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> it's because I did it in character. Ah, fair. Yeah, there might be a sewer, there might not be. Uh, either way, you find it kind of 
hard to believe that there would be a very convenient sewer entrance underneath this place, uh, you know. Okay, so after uh, giggling around for poopies, then uh, <laughs> Lenar, which takes a really long t- time, t- takes like an yeah. My my spell's starting to fade. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> the rest of you take a short rest. <laughs> uh, I will. Yeah, on the off chance there's any squatters, I don't want to give our terrible disguises and hiding away. Uh, so, just one last question. Uh, did did I make any money or no? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the only person who would have passed you is that one dude who got with let the into the clinic with a leg. sore leg, and he looks like he could probably use a bit of change himself. So All right. Well, unfortunately, not. I'll, uh, if anything, actually, let me roll a quick sleight of hand check from that dude. <laughs> see if he took your coppers. Oh no! Oh, not one. Yeah, your cup's still full. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I will. Um, I snuck in. I snuck out. All right. She'll. She'll go. I need a drink. She'll go in, and uh, as soon as she slides in, hopefully, uh, Sigmund is still not paying attention at the bar, and then she'll slide upstairs. Back into the shattered barrel, then. You do have some information out oh, of that, though. I mean, you yeah. now know that that second floor, accessible, but certainly not easily. You've got the hours of operation, confirmation of the name Baron Medus written right on the building. Hmm. So certainly not a an unsuccessful mission. We didn't even need Jasper at all. Yeah, well, yeah, you're no kidding. You could have just walked over here and read the name. Yeah. But yeah, I, I update you on everything. And um, question: Yes, when yeah. when you- when did Baron Medus first reveal himself to Van Richten when he had regained his senses? What time of day was that? Nighttime. Was it nighttime? Yes, you all brought uh, me back to hell. So it was night. after yes. hours for the for the operation of the clinic. I see. I it see. Was yes. Hmm. He's not. He's not shirking his duties. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be in this voice for a while. <laughs> all right. Should we all do silly voices as well to sort of make you feel more comfortable? Now this feels amazing. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you my backstory. No, just let's let's keep going. Um, what did what on the note of Amelia's though? What did she say? There were people would go in and they wouldn't come out. They were taken up to the second floor to and then never heard from again. I mean, I know Lustra mentioned it earlier, but people seem to be taken in with no questions asked. They do their triage on the inside, it seems. That or we wait until Nightfall, try to unlock the doors, try not to uh, mess with the knockers too much so there's no sound. And... <laughs> um, God damn it, Colin. <laughs> lose, lose my third inspiration of the night and hope that there aren't many people inside afterwards. Sounds good to me. Or what we could do is how accessible was that window? It's not very. We would have to climb and definitely mess around with it a fair bit. Well, I'm just saying is that if it's you said it had iron bars on the window. Yes. I mean that's kind of easy to bypass. I can just, you know, use my breath weapon on them. Melt that away. Yeah. And I mean glass is easy to break. Pretty thick. Plus if you break glass, it's not exactly quiet unless we cast silence on it. So we do have a means of getting in on the window. So I guess do we wanna go in with the disguise route, which as Tess said, we're not going to get very far because they'll probably recognize us, or we're probably going to go in loud and proud anyways. Might as well just get the jump on them and getting at the second floor right away. How well can you climb? Whom, Tess, if you're better at picking locks, Slash can cast silence so that enough of the radius just goes in the door, in the window. Sorry. Tess can climb and pick it invisibly if I cast invisibility on her. They can't see or hear it hmm. until the window's open. Buys us a little more time. Fair, I mean, that's under the assumption that it has a lock to be picked. 
But I mean, it is worth a shot. And if if not, if we're under the cover of darkness, Looster can just join me. If the silence is still active. He can vomit on the bars. We can shatter the glass and no one will hear a thing. I will remind you that silence lasts 10 minutes. Visibility is an hour, so on the off chance you don't get it and we start hearing you clicking around, we change plans. We can always fall back on the tried and true. We walk in like we own the place. Ah, There we go. You're right. Let's go. (laughs) Just like five abreast walking down the street, yelling, hey, Baron Midas, you big nerd. Where's my money? (laughs) (laughs) Was that Taskmaster? (laughs) I don't know, man. Oh, man. Um, Yes, I do like this idea of attempting a bit more of a guile, guile guile-filled entrance through the second floor, casting silence and invisibility, among others, seeing if we can't sneak in that way, and then getting to the top, because I feel like the important things we want are at the top, that Miss Talisman specifically. I feel like Baramidas would also not want his own sleeping quarters to be so easily accessible on the bottom floor. Um, the window looked big enough for bodies, or like a tiny little cell window? Does uh, this meet egress? <laughs> I mean, it's a fairly standard size window, so anyone could fit through it. The bigger problem is the bars on the outside. Yeah. If you took the time to, like, rip off or cut, like, one bar, you might be able to squeeze a halfling through there. If we want Lustra wearing armor to go through, then that entire, like, the whole thing's got to go. Okay. So, and you know, I say that again, it's not impossible. It's more mm. of a, how long does it take to do it? Yeah. And how much noise are we going to make doing it? Like how many resources is it going to take to open that door? Minus how many resources is it going to take for us to just like go through the bottom floor to get to the second floor anyway? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it depends if we want to save spells. It might have to be own the place. Yeah. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I've stormed my fair share of towers. I, If we operate under the assumption that our worst enemies are at the top, then personally I would be much more comfortable clearing everything under us before reaching that enemy. Attack from the middle, and we could find ourselves quickly surrounded and having to jump out of a window in order to escape. Pincer. I think it's the tried and true we own the place. Or at the very least, we could use the clinic place. I'm scared of posing as a patient because if they take us in one at a time, we don't know how long until they take another person. That's fair. And then we're going to be split. We need we have strength in numbers. We need to have that at our, at our advantage. All right. Cover of night. Wait until after seven o'clock and we do our best from there. We must also remember that we are battling a real vampire here. We will have to find his place of rest before engaging in battle. At least that is the best case scenario. Hmm. So our objective is twofold. It is both to, I feel, investigate that missed talisman. It is also to discover the resting place of Baramidas and, if possible, eliminate him. And finding out what he knew or why he is involved in all of this in the first place would be quite beneficial as well. How did he return in the first place? Really? Precisely. So I personally would be very curious to go through every damn room of that tower. Did he enjoy monologuing the first time you killed him? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you ask? Well, hopefully he'll give us some information before we have to remove his head from his body ah yes yes i do remember right before the killing blow he told me everything i wanted to know (laughs) oh fantastic (laughs) that's a true villain right there (laughs) (laughs) so the cover night then is it i believe so we get to relax for the day and hopefully anything i use the disguise self i don't think that's going to be very important so If anything else can be recovered. Well, then, I suppose we'll spend a week finalizing 
our entry into this black tower, won't we? That's it. Coming up with a backstory for the next bum I turn into. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today, then. Do any of you want to be married while we have the (laughs) afternoon free? (laughs) Awkwardly looks at Tess. (laughs) I think Slash wants to marry himself. Slash again sort of shrugs. And just sort of like, like almost wants to summon Galas and just be like, "Mm, mm, mm." Ah, you should have asked me yesterday. (laughs) 